Welcome to Living a Sustainable Faith with Krista. And I'm Krista. I want to welcome and say hello to all you ladies, young ladies, teens, and coloring enthusiasts who have joined me for this podcast series that is titled Journey to Jesus. I'm excited to continue to take this journey with you, and I am looking forward to talking with you about verse number three in your Color, Cut, and Create coloring book, Journey to Jesus, one Bible verse at a time. Are you ready to get started coloring God's word today and journeying to Jesus and discovering how much God loves you? The title of this podcast is Journey to Jesus, verse three, and the subtitle is Bethlehem. Everybody wants to go there. Are you ready to color verse number three? Let's go ahead and get started. You and your soul are going to love it. I had fun creating this design for you. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the border that I used for this design is the border that I used for the cover of my coloring book. I love flower borders. I love to draw flowers. They're fun to draw. And it seemed appropriate to border this letter design that I did with flowers. Because flowers tend to make a statement with their beauty, their colors, and their fragrance. And I felt that this prophecy that we're going to read needed to make a statement. So I used a floral border to kind of make that statement stand out. Let's go ahead and take in God's word. Let's digest it a little bit further. As we read in Hebrews, the word of God is living and active. Let's let it get in there today, ladies, on verse number three. Verse number three, design, is taken from Micah 5.2. And Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old from ancient times. This past Thanksgiving, we had a full house. My in-laws have recently moved into our rural town in North Idaho, and we live about 30 minutes apart now. And all the family kind of wanted to see where mom and dad were now living. They wanted to kind of visit the town and gather up for Thanksgiving. And none of us have large homes, and that includes my husband and I. Our home is kind of small. It's so functional, I love it, but it's not huge. And so to house everybody under one roof was just not going to happen. Our guest bedroom was full. We had someone on the couch. Someone had to stay in a local hotel. Some people stayed with mom and dad. We had people kind of everywhere in order to accommodate and have us be in the same area. But we were all able to eat Thanksgiving at our house as a family. And you know, it was, it was fun. It was, it was good to gather and to enjoy each other's company. So when Christmas arrived, my husband and I decided to kind of make it a mellow celebration and just slow down. My husband is a teacher. And so to get ready for Christmas break is always a rush. He has so much to do. And so with having Thanksgiving be so busy, we thought, you know what? We just need some time to kind of be calm, mellow. My husband and I are introverted. 
So we cherish the times where we can have, I kind of call it alone time. I can just be in my thoughts. I don't have to answer a ton of questions. I love being around people. Don't get me wrong. I love being around friends and family, but then I need to have time to recharge and I cherish the quiet times. And last Christmas was just that. It was quiet. We had no place to go. We had time to think and we had an opportunity to just rejuvenate our souls, our bodies, our minds. Do you ever need time to rejuvenate? I want to encourage you, carve out some time so that your mind and your soul can get back in sync with the Lord. Back at the time of Jesus' birth, Bethlehem was all about the busy. It seemed that everyone wanted to go there. Well, I guess most of those who were visiting had to go there. A nationwide census was taking place for the Jewish people under the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus. And he is the person who made the decree for this to be done. Since Joseph was a descendant of King David, Bethlehem was his hometown where he was required to register for this census. Due to the census, it was understood that there was no room left in the house when they arrived, Mary and Joseph, and so they had to stay in the stable. And we know that Jesus was born at this time to Joseph and Mary And I wonder if Joseph and Mary needed to be rejuvenated after their long journey. Were they able to have a few quiet moments after their journey to Bethlehem, having to sleep in a stable and then giving birth to their son, Jesus? I kind of wonder that. It seems that Bethlehem was overcrowded and full of much activity, pretty much only due to the fact that there was a census and people had to come back to their hometown because Bethlehem is not known in history as being in the middle of all the activity. Typically, Bethlehem was a small town and in appearance, nothing much was said that would make Bethlehem be a total destination point. But as I was looking into Bethlehem and some facts about Bethlehem, God used this small town for great events. The average became above average. The insignificant became significant. Great events happened and occurred in this small town and a great family heritage also came from Bethlehem. So here's some interesting facts I found about Bethlehem as I was looking this up. Bethlehem is located six miles southwest of Jerusalem in the hills of Judea which is now referred to as Palestine. The Roman Empire originally named this area Palestine. Another interesting fact, Rachel in the Bible, Jacob's wife, was buried in Bethlehem near Ephrath. We read in Genesis 35, 16 through 18. Then they journeyed from Bethel. When they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel went into labor and she had hard labor. And when her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, do not fear for you have another son. And as her soul was departing, for she was dying, she called his name Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and she was buried on the way to Ephrath and that is Bethlehem. So Rachel was buried in Bethlehem and actually gave birth to Benjamin in Bethlehem. 
Another fact I found out about Bethlehem, King David was anointed king in Bethlehem. 1 Samuel 16.1 says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among, among his sons. As we continue to read, Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent for him and brought him in. Now David had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. David was anointed king as a boy in Bethlehem. Another fact about Bethlehem. Bethlehem was also the hometown of Ruth's father-in-law, Elimelech, and where she also met Boaz, who we know became her kinsman redeemer. Boaz could redeem Ruth into right standing in society as a woman who had lost her husband and had no children or no sons to carry on the name. This story is told in Ruth, and the location of this story is stated in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 19. So Naomi and Ruth traveled until they came to Bethlehem. When they entered Bethlehem, the whole city was stirred because of them, and the women of the city exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? The story continues in Ruth and unfolds how she met Boaz, who is from Bethlehem himself and part of the family of Elimelech, Ruth's father-in-law. So since there was a relation, a family relation there, Boaz could redeem Ruth into right standing in society as a woman who had lost her husband and had no male heirs. And as you can hear, ladies, I have my roosters crowing in the background. You got to love that. And there they are. So let's continue on. As an extra point about this story about Ruth and Boaz being her kinsman redeemer, this story mirrors how Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. God is our father. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters. So we are adopted into God's family, right? And this is what the Lord Almighty said in 2 Corinthians, that we are his sons and daughters. Jesus is our Redeemer, and being that we are sons and daughters of God, Jesus, you could say, could be our kinsman Redeemer. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Jesus redeems us so that we can now have a right standing with the Lord. He, he, we, we have our sins forgiven through Jesus, and we can now be brought back into a right relationship with God. Just as Boaz did for Ruth, Jesus does that for us. Is that amazingly awesome? I love that. Another point I found out about Bethlehem. Bethlehem means 
bread in Hebrew. Beth means house. Lehem means of bread. House of bread. Jennifer Slattery wrote on livesoutloud.com an article that was posted on ibelieve.com that read, Bread held great importance in biblical times. It was a staple in the ancient diet and provided not only comfort, but nourishment necessary for survival. Used in temple worship, bread also came to symbolize God's provision and presence and played an important role in Jewish Passover celebrations. So the word Bethlehem means house of bread. And where did Jesus come from? Bethlehem. And Jesus refers to himself as being the bread of life. John 6, 35 states, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That's just amazing how all of that comes together. And Bethlehem, this small town that everyone thought as insignificant, as average, as unexceptional, was used so many times throughout the biblical story. The last thing I want to focus on about Bethlehem is the one ruler is to be from Bethlehem. In Micah 5.2, there is a prophecy stating just this, as we have already read, and I read it to you earlier, but I'd like to read it one more time. But you, Bethlehem Ephrath, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old and from everlasting. In conclusion, God chose Bethlehem on purpose. He used the unexceptional for exceptional purposes. He used the average to produce greatness. He used the small and insignificant to be great and significant. He used a common town to bring forth the one ruler. And this one ruler is Jesus. As I wrote on the bottom of verse three's page, may you allow God to use you. God uses the unexpected, the small, the insignificant, the common, the average, to bring about his purposes. God wants to use you. Why? Because to God, you're above average. You are significant. And you are exceptional. Just as God used Bethlehem for all of those things, I believe God wants to use us for all of those things. To be able to point the way for people to be brought back into a right relationship with God. And that is through Jesus, his son. Ladies, teens, color enthusiasts, as you color, cut, and create your journey to Jesus, may you know how much God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to save you. How assuring and awesome to know that God wants to use you just like he used Bethlehem. If you're just tuning into my podcast series, Journey to Jesus, and you do not have my Color Cut and Create Coloring book, Journey to Jesus, one Bible verse at a time, you can purchase one at amazon.com. You just type in the title of my coloring book on the title bar, 
Journey to Jesus, one Bible verse at a time, and you'll be brought to the page where you can order a book if you would like. I would love for you that once you order a book to come back and continue to join me in this journey to Jesus, one Bible verse at a time. If you don't have the book and you're not a colorer or for whatever reason, I want to encourage you just listen to the podcast and take this journey with me through the Bible, one Bible verse at a time to Jesus. If you haven't signed up for my email list, I want to encourage you to do so. This is my number one way to be able to let you know when new content is ready and new product has been developed and created for you to be able to continue to be encouraged with God's word. Additionally, if you want to have all 23 of these podcasts, my Journey to Jesus podcast series in one spot, you can go, same place you're going to go to sign up for my email list, livingasustainablefaith.com. And in the right-hand corner, you'll see a link for podcasts and a link to join my email list. I am so glad you are taking this journey with me, and I hope that you are encouraged by God's word. I look forward to talking with you on my next podcast, Journey to Jesus, verse number four, when you are ready to color your next Bible-inspired, colorable design. May you all have a wonderful rest of your day as you color God's word. And remember, you are significant. I'm Krista with Living a Sustainable Faith. I will see you on my next podcast.